This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 105. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Vito Pelleg. Starting from the back of a van while touring the world with his band, Vito later made the transition from a freelancer to an agency, growing to six figures by the end of year one and to a team of 12 by the end of year three. He is now focused on WP Feedback. Welcome, Vito. Hi, how are you doing? It's great to be here, guys. We're so glad to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Can you tell us a bit more about yourself? What an interesting introduction. I want to hear more. Yeah, sure. So uh, like Liam said, I started by building websites for clients from uh, the back of a van. And my actually first experience with website was when I was 14 and I was experimenting with like HTML and, and, uh, and CSS, building something for, uh, a, for a, a skateboarding crew that I had when I was in school. Um, so in, that was back in GeoCities, even way before WordPress was even uh, uh, born. Um, but uh, the proper way, like, the first time that I actually started doing this professionally was while I was touring. And that was a kind of cool story because the, the band that I started with also kind of got uh, known through digital and through the stuff that I'm doing right now with the, uh, with the agency and with the new product that I'm working on. Uh, and, uh, and really quickly within a span of literally 30 days after we launched like a digital campaign from my hometown, I'm, I'm from Israel originally. Uh, we got signed here in the UK that allowed us all to move on to here and start touring uh, the world. And, uh, you know, we went through the standard kind of band process. We started with like 10 people in the crowd, then a few dozens, uh, a few hundreds, a few thousands. And then the band broke up in one day. Uh, and even though while we were kind of like, it looked like we were making it and we were selling albums and we're doing, we're touring and doing exactly what we wanted and uh, we're all still very much uh, broke. There was no, no money in, in that thing. And that's what kind of drove me into, um, into starting building websites for clients after people saw what I did with the band and the activity that I've done online. And once the band broke up, I said, okay, I was a bit lost for a little while, you know, trying to figure out, uh, what's the next step I've been doing. I've been into music for 15 years up until then. And, uh, and I figured, all right, I already have a little pool of clients here in London. So let's see how far I can take this thing. And uh, I went for it. Within the first year, yeah, like Liam said, I already broke the six-figure mark that I put as a goal for myself before I started. And then I just kept scaling up, kept scaling up, bringing on more projects and more and more people. Uh, and that's when things become started becoming a little dicey when it comes to managing like multiple projects at the same time and uh, and getting actually the clients to do what we need from them uh, in order for us to progress the project. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, and And so... While I was doing the investigation of where does all the profit go when, we're, when we have a team of 12 and, and everything should be running smoothly by that point, I figured, I, I noticed that uh, it always came down to client communications. That was the source of all evil. 
<laughs> and, uh, and, and so uh, I really researched that and dove right into it and tried to figure out why this is happening and why this is breaking down. And the more I looked into it, I, I saw that it's a huge, huge issue within our ecosystem, within the WordPress community especially, and mostly because most of us, you know, when we start working on websites, we kind of want to do things, uh, we just want to design, you know, we just want to do something creative. And, uh, and, some, and then once we start, we realize that we're not really our own bosses like we thought we would be. That there are, now we have a multiple, multiple bosses that are kind of pulling us in different directions. And unless we have a really structured way of pushing them down this process, uh, uh, the, things become a nightmare. And uh, that's when uh, WP Feedback came, uh, came to fruition with the idea of taking everything that is good about the, the, the processes that we tried over a, few, over a course of a few years, which is using emails, which was really efficient for us, uh, and uh, specifically using a support desk. Uh, but in terms of uh, getting all the information we need, the best way was either screencasting or with Zoom or Skype or stuff like that, or through having uh, the client sitting right next to us. Um, so with WP Feedback, we kind of took the advantages of each one and created a hybrid that uh, allows people to li literally put like stickers on the live website, kind of like post-it notes for your own website. And uh, people can uh, just, uh, and it collects a lot of crucial data for us as developers and as designers, like, uh, uh, well, first of all, it binds the request to a div so you know exactly where the problem is. Uh, wherever you're coming from, you're being redirected to the exact location where you see it with your own eyes. And it also no tells you which screen size the client was on, which browser he had on. So we're basically killing all of this back and forth communications with clients and making things just like a lot funner and easier for both sides, for the client and for us. W and that's uh yeah that's where we are now that's, that's the, awesome yeah. wp feedback sounds really cool i absolutely want to hear about that more so sure. first i'm a music fan so i need right. to hear about your band let's talk about it what kind of music what style what did you play uh were you the singer uh talk to us a little bit about that yeah, so I was the lead singer and uh, guitar player, uh, and I was also like the manager and uh, the guy that does all the marketing. I did, uh, you know, it's like having a small business. You do everything, especially when in an indie band, only that you have four guys with you that needs to work for free. So that's the, uh, th that makes it even easier to manage, even harder to manage. Um, so the, the band was kind of like a hard rock band. So we were influenced by ACDC and uh, Guns N' Roses and that kind of stuff, like with a bit of a modern twist to it. Uh, yeah, very, very niche. And I think that actually worked to our advantage because uh, um, same as with business and with agencies, the, w the more you niche down, the easier it is to find your audience and, uh, and uh, speak directly to them. And, you know, it just came to be like that because that's the music we grew up on and that's the music uh, we love listening to, you know, Zeppelin and ACDC and all this kind of stuff. Is any of your band's music online still? Yes. Uh, so on YouTube, you can find a bunch of videos. Um, it's called Chase the Ace. And uh, also on Spotify, I think it's still uh, up there. Well, we're going to pause this recording while I go <laughs> into YouTube. <laughs> Chase the Ace. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah, still we're kind of good yeah we're pretty good uh, um but uh, like for the time that was a that was an amazing experience to have do you still uh play music on your own or do, are you in any other bands now just for fun 
and now it's just uh, for fun, probably usually between like uh, my wife and I, we just, she's a, an amazing singer, much, much better than I, I ever was. And uh, so at home in the evenings, you know, we just jam together. I'm on the piano and the guitar and she sings. And uh, that's, uh, that's the extent of my, uh, my music career at this point. That's good that you have that sort of as an unwinding thing. Do you work long hours? You, you have, your office is not your home? And I'm, or is it? It, uh, it was for, for years. So um, uh, up until last year, we were, even all the guys were coming to my home in like a room that started as being like just my own room, but then just adding more tables and stuff. Yeah, like pretty much like the rooms that, that, uh, that you guys are sitting in, only with four, with, uh, four other people uh, at the same, in the same space. They were all bumping into each other every time. Uh, but now, yeah, but now we have our offices here in London. And um, I have the team in-house and uh, there's a bunch of people abroad as well. So like it's kind of divided between that, this and that. And I am working crazy hours, um, but I like it. You know, I enjoy working and I, I, I don't see it as a chore or as a kind of something that, uh, uh, that I'm wasting something. I'm actually looking at it as I'm investing into something that I like and I believe in. How is the transition for you um, working for yourself, right? And growing quickly as it seems like you did and now having a staff, how have you learned to make that adjustment, manage other people, have the commitment of paying other people, all of those things. And then also transitioning from, from a client service business to now a product business. Talk a little bit about that transition. So, uh, so it wasn't an easy transition at all. More than anything, I would say it's mindset uh, because once you are kind of in control of everything, being, uh, being a freelancer, uh, being a one-man band, I mean, um, you kind of uh, uh, feel that you have the responsibility over every little aspect of the business. And as you grow, as you scale, you need to relinquish this kind of uh, uh, this power and, 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 and actually give the give the employees the power to do what they feel is right and what they feel uh, they need to do uh, to expand themselves as well. Um, so that was a tough thing to crack. You know, at first I was really micromanaging and no, and even when it comes to designs, yeah, you should move this logo three pixels to the right and you should move that thing. So that, that was kind of hard to uh, stop doing. Um, but the more the business grew, and I think you, you, you said something really true in the tower, when, when it comes to having this uh, team uh, with you, you have a huge overhead that you need to maintain every single month. And I kind of used that overhead as the driving force for the growth. So whenever I felt that I can't, even though I didn't have enough work to bring in, to, to, to give to another employee, um, whenever I felt that it's going to happen soon, I hired someone already. So, and, and then it just kind of uh, it pushed me to bring in more work and, uh, and systemize things better, better so that once the end of the month comes, it's not, uh, uh, you know, I'm not pulling my hair out. And, uh, oh yeah, let's, uh, and uh, about the transition to a product. So once the team was already here and as we were doing like more and more client work and, and we, we got some really interesting projects uh, uh, over the years, it, it was still really hard to manage on a, on a larger scale. And I think everyone talks about this kind of glass ceiling that the agency model has, uh, that you reach like 20K, 25K per month, and then, and then from there, it's just a nightmare to scale uh, further. 
um, and and that's usually because you you have so many moving parts with an agency with the agency model, and people are uh, you know they have their own desires, they have their own plans, they have their own way of doing things. Uh, so managing clients on a high scale and managing the team on a high scale became really hard. Um, that's actually when I really looked into it. And like I said, the, the, the idea for WP Feedback came from that specific problem. Um, so even though I knew that the next step for me, if I want to keep growing, I have to go product. And this is something that is really uh, important to understand that if you really want to go big, Ag- the agency model is not the right place to be in. You know, that's not, uh, that's not a sustainable model for years to come that you can actually uh, um, keep, uh, you know, keep expanding your activity um, every single month. And, and in terms of also systems that you have in place, uh, you know, even driving clients in, so everything is customized. You know, I- even if you niche down and you know who your target audience is, we build our solution based on the requests of the client. Yeah. So you can't, you, you can't really do something that is uh, uh, just like out of the box, if you will. You know? So every time it's just reinventing yourself, which is a huge and, a, and an amazing learning experience, especially when you want to go into product later on, uh, because you're basically launching products on a monthly basis, five times a month, 10 times a month. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, but, but like, once you give that product away, that's it. You can't profit from it anymore, you know, unless you do more work that is bound by man hours. Vito, let me ask you a question about, about building a team. And yeah. you built a team to provide a service. So you were an agency, you were de- delivering design and development and probably some, some related consultancies. And there are people who really like the service side of that, the human interaction, the the hey, this is a new problem that we never dealt with. Let's go and solve it as a team. And those aren't necessarily the same people who want to make a product. And not to say that, 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 that product doesn't create challenges or that it can't be team building or anything, but it's a, it's a different, you know, I'm not a product person, but, you know, product is you're working on, a, on, a, on, a, on some actual bit of software and you're trying to fine tune that software and you're listening to people who use it and trying to make that better. You're not providing a service. You're not answering one client's business need. Exactly. How has the transition for your team been? Have you gotten anybody to say, Hey, Vito, you hired me to be a designer for, you know, clients. And I love that, you know, one day we're working with this agency and the next month we're working with that kind of firm. And then we're working with the local council and then we're doing this and, you know, now all I'm doing is, is building UI for a, a product. How have you managed that? How has your team flowed through that? So the, the bigger we grew, we kind of, I went for bigger projects. So it kind of became, to, got to a point where, uh, um, where we were working on, well, other than the, you know, the new clients that are coming in and getting those small, small websites, let's say, we had already a few kind of pillars within the business, which are products or, uh, or uh, businesses that require us to do modifications and to, to expand and add more features on a monthly basis. So we kind of did some of that and some of that already by that point. Um, but the reaction that is that you were, you were building someone else's product. Am I yes. understanding you correctly? Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we, like, um, we joined with some, uh, with a few, uh, uh, startup founders that didn't really have, well, it, it wasn't that it, it was basically, you know, just, uh, um, selling our hours to them. 
Um, but uh, whenever it's, they weren't really technical people, so they needed a technical uh, guy on their side or a technical agency on their side to get their vision out there. Um, and the vision evolved like a product should have. You know, a website, I keep telling this to, to, uh, to my clients, that website never ends. You know, it's, it's always uh, a, an iterative process to make it better and to, to, to increase the value that you and your visitors can get out of it. Uh, and so, um, yeah, so we did a lot of that, but to be honest, and I think that uh, the guys would be really, uh, would, would agree with me here. Uh, as soon as we moved to the product, things became so much easier. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, when you make a sale, that's it. You know, instead of uh, when you're when you're doing agency work, you make a sale and then the uh, a storm starts. You know, and everything starts moving, and and all of these pieces needs to work together proper, uh, properly. And so, so there's a lot more laid back feeling to it when it comes to development, and you can focus on things that you believe should, will actually drive this thing forward. Uh, even though we're listening to the customers, especially being uh, WP feedback, uh, this is the, the kind of the main value that I, that I instated here. So uh, within the Facebook group, most of the features that we're launching are just based on customer requests and people that are telling me that this would be amazing for their workflow. And, and if a few people like that post, boom, it's done a, a week or two weeks later. Cool. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, so it's a lot more laid back and mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to manage uh, on a larger scale. Um, you know, I can't fault this model, maybe because it's really new to me. So I haven't seen everything still uh, burning and crashing down like I, <laughs> like I experienced with the freelancing model and with the agency model at some times. Um, but, uh, but for now, you know, everything is incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. So we've talked about going from band member to freelancer to agency owner to product owner. And that's, that's been a journey. And, and as you were just touching on it, it seems to be a journey of success. And inevitably, success comes on the back of heartaches and challenges overcome. Exactly. I wonder with, with that in mind, if you can share your definition of success with us, please, whether it's a personal definition, a professional definition, or a mix of both. I would say, so there's two things to it, like in terms of what is the success as the goal, what is the goal, or, or, and there's the way of uh, um, how do you get there, or what do you need to get there. Um, I would say that passion is the most, most important thing. Every time that I felt that I'm not doing something that I really enjoyed doing, I just looked, I didn't stop because that's, the, that's not a good thing for business, uh, but I already started looking for the next step and what I can do to improve my experience of, uh, of my business and, uh, and how I can reach further. So passion is, is number one. There's nothing that can replace that. Uh, after that, I would say that it's focus. Um, so, and this is something that I learned, uh, you know, I always had this entrepreneurial spirit. So when I was even younger and even in school, I always had these kind of things happening, you know, these little schemes running. Uh, and, uh, and, and as I grew, I kind of learned that the more you focus, the more you uh, decide on one thing that you're going to be the best in the world in. Uh, that's that's a lot more powerful than trying to split your energy and split your resources to five different uh, ventures, five different ideas. Uh, and it took me years to actually um, uh, implement this because I was all over the place for years. Well, focus can be hard to develop. If, if passion and focus are the tools of success, 
What's the single most important thing you can do every day to be successful? Um, the, the, the best thing that you can do is have a daily plan. Uh, so the way that I would say is like what I like to do is I plan tomorrow, today. That's how I kind of call it. So every evening I just sit down and I figure out, okay, what's going to happen tomorrow. I also have my 30-day attack plan, as I like to call it, which is like uh, uh, every 30 day you have, you have the goals for the month and what you need to achieve by the end of this month. And the daily thing is just a breakdown of the, of the, of the plan that you've done before that. Um, but by doing this, you're not thinking. And again, it comes back to focus. You don't need to spread yourself too thin if you're just executing. Uh, if you know what the day is lo looks like and you just follow the plan that you stated a day before and you just follow your own kind of uh, uh, instructions, uh, then you, you're not going to spend, you're not going to end up spending an hour on Facebook scrolling like, uh, you know, mindlessly scrolling down or uh, if something wasn't done, you wouldn't allow yourself to go and watch Netflix or uh, do these kind of stuff that are just uh, uh, sucking our energy in my mind. Um, so yeah, so pl planning, planning generates focus and, uh, and execution generates success. Yeah. Is that something that you learned um, as you've grown this business or did you have this same model when you were in your band? Have you always been uh, organized and productive focus, productivity focus? Uh, I, I was very productive focused, but I was very far from being organized. Uh, like uh, it was all like things were just thrown my way and I would just be turning, turning fires and, and just running with different ideas and every, every, every new shiny thing was just like uh, uh, was drawing me to it. Uh, and um, I had to learn it, yeah. And, and it's something that you do over, over time. As you see, I, I guess the more you're in business or the more you're kind of doing entrepreneurial activities, uh, you're, you're recognizing patterns. You know, you see the ups and you see the lows and you're starting seeing things from a little bigger perspective that allows you to, um, to not jump on everything that comes your way and just say, okay, this will pass because I saw similar stuff that happened. And if not, I can jump on the bandwagon later on, you know, and that will still be fine. So right now I'm just going to focus on what I, I already planned on doing. Uh, yeah, it took a long time to get this uh, down. And I still need uh, structure and, uh, and uh, discipline to make it happen every day. It's not easy. And, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to just uh, uh, end up walking around, talking to the team, uh, you know, uh, just scrolling on Facebook and doing all these kind of uh, uh, random yeah. activities. Um, yeah, but, but it all comes down to just that list, you know. I knew that at one thirty today, I'm meeting you guys, so there's no way I'm going to lose my focus on that. Right. Well, it sounds like that's probably helped you um, get to where you are with your company and with your business. Do you use it at all to help you stop working? Because I can tell you're passionate about what you do, and you've said that you work a lot and that you love it. But you've also said that you love music and you, you're able to spend time in the evenings doing that. So do you structure that to force yourself to stop working? For me, that's important and I'm not very good at it. Uh, so I'm wondering if you have any tips or if, you, if you're successful in that way. Um, I'm not that successful in that way. I do keep working. 
uh, if something needs to be done, I'll make it happen. And that's kind of the, that's my, my mindset around this. Uh, even if it means that I need to work on the Saturday or, uh, or uh, a few more hours later, I just try to create the load uh, to make sure that the load that I'm, uh, that I'm giving myself uh, will be spread out throughout the week. So I don't need to do that. Um, but especially now with the launch and everything, um, you know, hours are, uh, are piling up because once I finish my day stuff, then the other stuff are still there. You know, the stuff that weren't, didn't get attention while I was focused doing my day-to-day work, like replying to sales, uh, requests or, uh, or, uh, um, or, you know, making sure that everything is, uh, is uh, happening on plan with the roadmap and all of these kind of things uh, uh, that are just kind of on top. Running Facebook ads, that's now the, the, the big focus for me uh, in the past few days. Uh, so I, I would say that on, in addition to the, to the action, uh, to the uh, like intense action hours of the day, I do have a couple of hours that are allocated to learning. And, uh, and whatever is left after that, I either make it, I, I try to make it happen. If not, it's just going to be rolled over to the next day because I then plan tomorrow, today. Uh, but I think that learning is a huge, huge part of this. Yeah, so, and, and this is something that I never stopped doing. And I love buying courses. You know, this is, uh, this is another passion of mine. Uh, so I, I, I buy courses and I just implement as much as I can. And even if something that I look, even if it's like a massive course and I can only take two, two nuggets, two gold nuggets out of it, that's fine with me, you know. Uh, I'll just take this and, and say thank you and move on to the next uh, piece of information I can uh, uh, consume. Yeah, that's a lot of information. And um, you've shared a lot of good ideas and thoughts and, and I guess in its own way advice with us, which is something else that we ask our guests to share. And that's if you've received any advice that has been really meaningful and helpful to you that you've incorporated into your life that you can share with us. Is there one thing that comes to mind when you, uh, you know, when you approach your day or your business that, that has really stuck with you that you can share? Um, yes, the, there's, I have my inspiration wall. I, I can show you guys cause I have the camera here, but this is something that, uh, yeah, let me show you. So my entire office wall is like a huge, uh, cork, Cork, how do you call that? Like a cork wall or cork, uh, whatever. Corkboard, corkboard. Cork you had it. Corkboard. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like a, like it's a, it's a wallpaper of corkboard where I just add all of my ideas and all of my kind of uh, aspirations. So whenever I look up, it's there right in front of me uh, with my immediate goals. This is something that I took from uh, Sam Ovens, which is the, uh, who has an amazing course. I don't know if you heard of this guy. Um, but he's the, he's the guy behind consulting.com and uh, his course is just incredible. And this is something that he talked, he, he talked about just having like a small Coke board, uh, you know, with uh, a few ideas next to you. But I, <laughs> I exaggerated as I uh, often do. So now the whole wall is just filled with ideas and concepts and uh, my client avatars and my funnels and my, uh, my journey uh, from before until three years ahead. Uh, my immediate goal in terms of how much uh, revenue per month, my immediate goal in terms of how many clients or users now it changed to users. Yeah, everything is up there. Is that overwhelming at all? 
well, having actually it, it gives you clarity because uh, uh, instead of shuffling through your mind, which that's because m- my mind is racing, it's always racing with kind of different stuff all the time, and just having it out there and, and knowing that okay, this is what I need to look at and this is what I need to focus uh, actually gives you a lot more clarity than uh, uh, trying to run these ideas again and again. Yeah, I can see that where if it's up there and it's clearly laid out and we got a quick view of it, but it looked like it was pretty well structured that it would be helpful to have those regular reminders. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to go there like once there's even something cool here, you know, that uh, within the beta group while we're doing, doing this product um, I kind of posted something on there and, uh, and you know, as soon as you post something on a Facebook group, you can see how many people, uh, who saw it, you know, as soon as you click, there's like how, uh, who seen this, this post. So as soon as I click there, the, literally seconds after there was only like five people in there but they all looked the same so it was all like black and white pictures uh scruffy kind of uh, you know like i had a bit of a beard uh, bald most of them liam you're exactly my target audience and uh, <laughs> i don't have a scruffy beard i trimmed it today i trimmed it come on now <laughs> yeah but you know that kind of laid back not suited up kind of people you know so i i took this picture and i was like oh my god this is so uh, this is so amazing. I printed it out and now it's there on the wall. So I see these five people every time I go into the office and these are my bosses as of now. <laughs> Vita, we've got a couple of minutes left and I want to ask you a, a different question. If, if you had a magic wand and you could bring your band back to life and live that dream or wave your magic wand and, and maybe be six months to a year down the road with WP feedback and everything's going swimmingly. Where we, what would you do? What would you do? What is your heart telling you? Um, when it comes to the band, I wouldn't do it again, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, you know, a lot of times when we're doing something uh, out of passion, we lose, we lose track of reality. And uh, even though it was an amazing experience and we had a, this is exactly what we imagined when we were 14 in our, in our uh, uh, bedroom, you know, play, jumping up with down with the guitars. Uh, it was really hard. You know, you, you, when you're, when you live on the road and you don't have your headquarters, you know, like it makes life tough, you know, like, uh, so that I, I wouldn't do that again. Um, with, uh, with WP feedback. Yes, I would jump ahead. I, I would definitely jump uh, uh, six months ahead to see, just to see, even if it's just for a glimpse, to see what's going on and to see if all the stuff that I'm doing now actually worked because you never know, you know, whatever you, you do. You don't. Uh, only, only after, uh, only in retrospect, you can say this was a great move or not. Uh, so yeah, that I would do. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, on that note, we're going we're gonna to have to leave it here because we are out of time. Vita, what an absolute pleasure getting to spend time with you today out in our virtual hallway. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it was definitely my pleasure. Before we say goodbye to you. Oh, sorry, Tara. No, sorry. Before we say goodbye to you, Vita, please share where people can find you online. Sure. So you can go to wpfeedback.co. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a really revolutionary kind of tool. So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, you can also, if you have some questions or you want to reach out to me, you can go to our Facebook group, uh, which is WP Feedback Community. Uh, there's a, there's a, a really interesting and, and a really nice buzz that is, this group is buzzing. And I've done these kind of things many times before, and I haven't really had this 
a similar experience with uh, how much people just love something, you know, how, how they feel as passionate as I am about this product. Uh, so you, you, should, uh, uh, you should join us at the WP Feedback community. And yeah, I think that's it. Thank you. I look forward to checking that out. Thank you, guys. And, and your band. <laughs> Thanks. Chase the ace. Thanks, Vito. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.